welcome back to episode 102 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of game week 15. Saturday was a full day of football and I thought it was going to be another day where Spurs let me down. But all's well that ends well. The game I was more looking forward to uh, did not disappoint with Brighton thrashing Chelsea 4-1. And it could have been more than that if it wasn't for Thiago Silva in particular. Newcastle continue their spectacular form with a massive performance from Callum Wilson. Capped off with Almiron continuing to prove uh, any lingering doubters wrong. I'm not going to cover Almiron for a third week in a row. If he was available and you didn't take him on Friday, you've only got yourself to blame. Though I will say... Quietly, his XG would suggest this form isn't sustainable. Anyway, there are now just two more game weeks to go before the World Cup and less than three weeks before the opening matches kick off. So expect some rotation as players with relatively minor issues look to save themselves for their national teams. Now, for once, I'm going to plug the website at the top of the show um, because there's a feature that I'm really excited for you all to check out which is the new addition to the global dashboard, which for the first time takes your ranking beyond your individual draft league and shows you how you shape up versus the rest of the world. We do this by looking at the average points accumulated for all comparable leagues. So for example, if you're in an eight-team league, you can see where you place versus the other 35,000 leagues out there. Or if you're in a 10-team league, you can see where your league sits among nearly 4,000 leagues. It's obviously one of the few downsides of draft FPL versus the conventional game is that banter is pretty much confined to you and your fellow managers but now there can actually be rivalry between entire leagues to see who has the most competitive most skilled and ultimately the best draft league in the world so just head to draftfc.co.uk head to the global dashboard and you'll be able to see your global rank on the tab in there and if you're pleased with your efforts so far share your current position on twitter and tag us at draft underscore FC. Now I'm recording this episode on Friday the 31st of October, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Kiefer Moore, Crescencio Somerville and Reese Nelson plus many more, so let's get into it. So let's kick things off with Waiver Watch. Looking at the overall waiver trends before game week 14 last week, the main players that you were all bringing in were Iwobi, Almiron, Castagna, Ings, and Andreas Pereira. And the guys generally making way were Rafael Varane, Hoiberg, Solanke, McAllister, and Koulibaly. Looking to game week 15 and the fixture barometer, the standouts. City at home to Fulham, I'd say Newcastle away to Southampton as well. And as it has been the case for the past few weeks and potentially just a reflection on how tight the Premier League table is at the moment, lots of very close games. Leeds Bournemouth, Forest Brentford, Wolves Brighton, Everton Leicester, Chelsea and Arsenal, Villa United, West Ham Palace and even Spurs Liverpool, all reasonably hard to call because teams are really struggling to put runs of form together but as I always say for draft in particular all this does is create opportunities for us. Now we're obviously rapidly approaching the halfway mark in the season now which means the way the global dashboard and the ownership trends are shaping up 
um, is that most of the good players naturally are starting to be picked up. And so for most weeks now, we're pretty much left with hidden gem territory players in terms of who we're able to pick up in the waivers. So the main picks this week are are reasonably short and a lot of my picks um, come from that hidden gems territory. So the guys with more than 10% ownership, and I take these stats on the whole from 18 leagues because it's the overwhelming most common league size out there, as you'll have probably guessed from the stats that I mentioned at the top of the show on the global rank. A few defenders to highlight. Dan Byrne for Newcastle. His ownership is just 14% and he looks to be nailed down in that left-back spot for now. As I said, they're away to Southampton next week who are pretty poor in front of goal at the moment, so he could be worthwhile picking up. Martinez for United, his player I obviously mentioned on last week's pod as well. He got a good score this week with a clean sheet and bonus points, so... United have Villa and Fulham before the World Cup. So as I said to you before, um, the time to really invest in the United defence was last week, but not too late if some of those guys are still there. Kanji, uh, interestingly, his ownership is still only around 17% and looks to be getting plenty of game time in the league for Manchester City. They're at home to Fulham and then have Brentford at home in the next game as well. So again, a very nice time if you can get a small piece of their defence. And one of the surprise, um, I guess, features over the last few weeks has been the Leicester defence. Five clean sheets in a row. Naturally, that uh, that came to an end against uh, Manchester City. But to be fair, they put up very good resistance and it took, well, a spectacular uh, free kick from De Bruyne in order to break that deadlock. Otherwise, they could have seen that become six in a row. So their defenders obviously are starting to creep up in people's minds. And top of that list is Timothy Castagna uh, in no small part because obviously he has that attacking threat as well. Castagna is now actually the sixth highest scoring defender in FPL and it puts himself ahead of the likes of Gabriel, Van Dijk and Ruben Diaz, just to name a few. Let's get into the hidden gems territory then because this is really where you can find some differentials to make the difference for you. Um, worth highlighting uh, Burnt Leno for Fulham. He's picked up 23 points over the last three game weeks and I did put him in my Hidden Gem 11 article on the site. If you didn't catch that, you can go and head over to draftfc.co.uk and head to the content section for that article. Now West Ham were obviously ground down in the end by uh, United on Sunday night. Um, but overall, pretty solid performance from them despite not being able to get anything from that game. Zuma and uh, Kera, a couple of defenders that are in hidden gem territory. Zuma on 7% and Kera on just 1%. They have Palace at home and Leicester at home before the World Cup. So two pretty nice home games. It's not a bad place to go if you just want to make a move that uh, you can set and forget before the World Cup. In a similar vein, uh, Reverton, who obviously continuing to blow hot and cold at the moment. Um, Tarkovsky's owned in just 6%. Mikalenko in just under 4% and they have Leicester at home and Bournemouth away and then actually come back from the World Cup break and have Wolves at home so not a bad place to invest your defender chips either. Brighton uh, play Wolves away and then Villa at home in the next two. Estupinan is still owned in just 1% of leagues and I think with um, some of the injuries that Brighton have he's probably going to play the remaining two games before the World Cup at least. Really good performance in that win against Chelsea. He got seven points with an assist. Obviously, they didn't pick up the clean sheet point in the end. Into the midfielders, uh, a few names that I've uh, mentioned before. I'm not going to go into any of them in too much detail, but it's more about 
which fixtures you favour? Dewsbury Hall for Leicester. Um, Leicester have Everton and West Ham in the next two, both away though. Um, so I would maybe opt for some of the other options I'm about to mention over him. But I do quite like him as a player. He's always able to pop up with an attacking return, but haven't really seen anything reliable from him yet. Billing for Bournemouth is owned in just under 9%. His ownership obviously rose uh, with that run of attacking returns he had a few weeks ago. Been a little bit quiet lately and I just wonder how Bournemouth are going to fare after that disappointing result against Spurs in which they threw away a two-goal lead to lose 3-2. They play Leeds away next. Now, obviously, Leeds at the opposite end of that happiness scale, coming away with a 2-1 win away at Anfield. They'll be absolutely buzzing for that game. And then they have Everton at home. Everton themselves looking for a bit of form too. So I wonder if Bournemouth are actually a team to bet against over the next couple of weeks. Leon Bailey is the other player to mention here. His ownership still um, just under 10%. Uh, I think the easiest thing to do for most of you out there is if I publish on Twitter whether or not I own him or not, um, I would just do the opposite. He's been in and out of my team, I think, three times this season, and I've managed to avoid pretty much all the returns that he's had. But I still like him as a player. Remains to be seen exactly who the favoured personnel will be under Emery. But I think when you look at the global dashboard and the ownership figures for some other midfielders out there, he's definitely better than than a lot of those. A couple of strikers then. Um, Keith Moore, obviously really good performance against Spurs in that uh, t- in that 3-2 defeat. Um, took the goals really, really well. First one, obviously, on the counter-attack and just took it first time to complete a really nice team move. And then obviously a goal that you would more attribute to more with a a thundering header off the bar. Again, uh, Hugo Lloris had absolutely no chance. And I wonder if moving forward, that performance will solidify a spot in the team for him for a little while to come. Solanke was reasonably quiet in the game uh, against Spurs. I actually had to double check he was was playing in that game uh, when looking back at the figures. But um, say Moore and, and Tavernier between them um, showed a really good link up. Obviously, Tavernier got his first goal return with an assist um, for the first goal. It's now three goals uh, for the season, four more, which is one more than Solanke's got. Solanke does have four assists. I think if if Bournemouth are to continue scoring goals, um, I think finding a way to have more and Solanke on the pitch will serve them well. Um, but uh, yeah, they just need to be tighter at the other end. Overall, though, my position on Bournemouth is uh, a lot warmer than it was pre-season. And for now, um, I can actually see them see them staying up. The second striker to mention is Awanee for Forrest. His ownership just under 10%. And if you go on any of the expected stats websites, a number of um, different metrics can be quite overwhelming. But one I always have a look at is uh, expected goal involvements per 90. So now... The per 90 stats obviously have the caveat that if said player only plays, um, you know, one minute a week, points will not be flowing. Anyway, one name um, that that tends to stand out at the top of the pile among the likes of Darwin Nunes, Haaland, Kane, Jesus, etc. is Tyro Awanee. Now, his numbers are are from, you know, around half the minutes of many around him. Um, But before the game against Arsenal, in which Forrest were terrible his predicted goal involvement he was basically predicted goal involvement every 90 minutes or so in the next year of 0.8 um, and expected assists of 0.14 
Um, the real world translation so far has been three goals, obviously, for the season. Um, but I think they're clearly giving him a chance in the team. That has come at the expense of Brennan Johnson lately, which I don't think is the way to go because Lingard has been terrible um, and Gibbs White really hasn't offered much from uh, from what I've seen of him. So I think some combination of Awani, Johnson in support, and then one of Gibbs White or Lingard, I think gives them the best chance moving forward, particularly if they're going to stick with the 4-3-3. I have to say, though, from what I saw in that Bournemouth match against Spurs, I would probably take more over Awani at the moment. Well, that is very much with an eye of recency bias. Now, let's move on to the most hidden gem picks. So this is a player owned in less than 10% of 16 team leagues. And last week's was Victor Lindelof. His ownership shot up to nearly 30% ownership this week. So I can't choose him again. And, um, you know, in, in the nice curse of the podcast, he was, uh, I believe he was ill for the match against West Ham. So Harry Maguire came in and Lindelof finished up with nothing. But two very interesting options to mention in the most in gem section this week. And I'm going to mention them both because I think lots of um, lots of people will be looking at them this week. Both of these guys have less than 1% ownership in 16-team leagues and in, in some league sizes basically have 0% ownership. The first is Crescencio Somerville for Leeds. Now, two goals in two games. And if a winner at Anfield doesn't get you a run in the team, I don't know what will. There were, you know, there were elements of BL support at times in that Anfield performance without the total headless chicken kamikaze runs from the defenders. But, you know, Leeds were probably fortunate in the end to get the win as, as Nunes in particular squandered a couple of very good chances. But, um, you know, Leeds did not look like relegation battlers and there was a lot of love from the squad towards Ted Lasso at the final whistle. So maybe they can go on and start picking up points. They've got Bournemouth at home in the next game uh, before a few trickier ones, but at least now they won't be as phased by taking on the big boys. And I would bet very good money that Somerville gets a start in that game uh, against Bournemouth. And despite all the hype uh, around Aronson and Sinestra preseason, it could be that their new star boy is the young Dutchman. Um, I personally am looking at bringing him in this week in, in our main 11-team league. So if you're in any leagues above that, I would definitely consider picking him up. And you may already have your eye in if you're in a smaller league. Um, I think just looking at him for the next week in that game against Bournemouth is probably fair enough. He's not someone you're going to be looking to, to invest too much in long term. So don't go dropping any you know, season keepers for him. But if you're, uh, if you've got a streaming spot in midfield, there's probably a few, um, there's probably few other options you can consider, except potentially the, uh, the next guy I'm going to mention, which is Reese Nelson for Arsenal. Again, owned in less than 1% of 16 team leagues and basically, um, you know, little to no ownership across most of the draft universe. Two goals, one assist, three bonus points, 19 FPL points already already has um, as many, if not more, attacking returns than many other star names that we've all been holding on to since draft day. The only caveat with Reese Nelson is obviously he came on for the injured Saka. Um, all reports coming out of that game are that the injury wasn't too bad. And I wonder if, along the lines of what I said at the top of the show, um, Saka coming off is with one eye on the World Cup in a few weeks. Um 
what that means moving forward, I'm not 100%. Um, Arsenal go away to Chelsea in the next game, which is obviously a massive game at Stamford Bridge. And I think if Saka is is even 75 80% fit, he would have to start that game. But I think given that performance, um, if the game was tight, if even Arsenal were chasing the game, um, I don't think um, Arteta would have too much hesitation in bringing Nelson off the bench again. Obviously, if any news comes out in midweek about Saka's um, lack of fitness, um, that would obviously increase his value uh, quite a lot. There is obviously the European game on Thursday for Arsenal. I think if Reese Nelson were to start that game, which isn't unlikely, it would maybe just damage his chances of starting that Premier League game at the weekend um, a little bit. But I think it's at least... Um, stamped his place as a as an impact player and someone that Arteta won't be afraid to bring off the bench, particularly in the absence of uh, Emil Smith Rowe, who would ordinarily be that first guy up or that next guy up um, if if they're looking for a replacement. But again, in the same in the same vein as Somerville, I wouldn't be looking to drop uh, any season keepers for him at this point. <laughs> So that's it for this episode. The waiver deadline is on Friday afternoon um, at a slightly different time of 1.30, which will allow for some last minute panic for forgotten waivers um, as there's no lunchtime Saturday kickoff. So the game week starts with the 4 3 p.m. games. Again, all of the uh, the game week is wrapped up within the Saturday and Sunday. Um, and that actually goes for the following week before the World Cup. There is no Friday night football. There is no Monday night football. Um, all of the games take place on Saturday and Sunday heading into the World Cup. Obviously, as I said at the beginning, if you haven't already, head over to draftfc.co.uk as well as that new feature that I mentioned at the top of the show. There is obviously everything else that we've built over the summer um, and improvements to all the dashboards that you know and love if you've been uh, fans of the site, particularly FPL Draft Hub as it was known. Um, all the stuff is still there. It looks a hell of a lot better. Stats and information for your team and leagues that you can't find anywhere else. If you're a fan of the podcast, make sure you're following on whichever platform you listen on so that you don't miss out on any of the new episodes as they drop. Another good way to stay up to date with all the comings and goings and happenings at Draft FC is to follow us on Twitter at Draft underscore FC. This is also the easiest way to get hold of us. Um, either just tweet us or send us a, uh, a DM and we'll get back to you for any queries on the website or any waiver advice, anything you just want to chat through, um, then we're happy to hear from you. So best of luck ahead of the waivers for game week 15. And as always, stay sure.